and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. I am curious today about the topic uh, because I talk about, especially, you know, in my, my codependency workshops, about the ways that codependency kind of shows up and how we behave. Um, and I, I also want to recognize that, like, Part of how we are received as people who are codependent can be unhelpful. I use the phrase unhelpful often rather than bad or stupid or whatever judgy comment. Um, but I like to use the word unhelpful because it, it really does describe that sometimes our not helpful behavior can be detrimental to our goal. And if our goal is to connect, so to have connection, communication, understanding, and then receive um, acceptance, validation, and love, sometimes our behavior is counterintuitive to that. And so um, as I was thinking about the topic today of friendship and how people show up in our lives, I did want to acknowledge that, like, you know, oftentimes we think we're doing the best thing to create that communication, connection, and understanding, and the reality is that we aren't. So... One of the things that had come up, I think when we, when I did my last workshop or one of the last, as I was talking about this idea of how people show up in our lives and what their motivation is. And so when we think about those people that we have in our experience, um, sometimes there are what are called uh, fair weather friends, right? So they only show up when the weather is good. Um, and then there are other people who like to show up to get in, in the dirt, right? They like the drama. They like, you know, when we're dealing with challenges or problems or things that are going on in our lives that maybe aren't the most positive, there's those people who really enjoy that aspect of our friendship. And so they like to complain or be negative. Um, and so let's call those people, you know, not great weather friends. Um, when I think about the people in my life, I think about all weather friends, friends who show up in all seasons and are supportive, uh, from a place of genuine caring and, uh, compassion and understanding, uh, that don't have to fix it. Although it's very nice. It's actually feels really good when people show up and they are supportive in that way. Now, I've talked before uh, on the podcast and certainly in general, how I struggle asking for help. Um, and I do recognize that part of that is, you know, when your needs aren't met when you're young, you don't have the confidence in other humans to meet your needs. So thinking about this idea of friendship, uh, I had a client years ago who had this friend who'd been their friend for a long time. And um, once my client started to get like better and was feeling more confident and didn't have the same level of like drama or challenges or whatever, that friend kind of disappeared. I thought that was really interesting. And so, um, the other thing was that, you know, my client wasn't reaching out with the same level of consistency because they didn't have anything negative to talk about or share. Uh, and so, you know, what I, what I suggested was just kind of waiting to see if that other person showed up now that the weather was good, that things were great. Um, they didn't. And so it was like months that went by. Now, admittedly, like 
people have different things that they're dealing with in their own lives. And especially with our friends, you know, we don't see them day in and day out, you know, even like work friends or school friends, whatever. Um, but there are some people that will show up in your life just to talk about the chisme, just to talk about the drama, just to gossip and, you know, share negative things. <clears throat> I encourage people often to pay attention to the kinds of, you know, di dialogue and conversations that they're having. And if the focus is on problems, that's something to pay attention to. One, pay attention to how you're communicating about your life. And two, who, you know, really kind of enjoys your misery. This idea of commiseration is interesting because that, you know, the phrase misery loves company. A lot of times people will commiserate. I will admit that there have been times in my life when uh, that was what happy hour was about. It was like we we're all talking about, you know, our trauma or like whatever we were going through in the moment. And it was generally negative. Um, and some people kind of get stuck in that loop, right? And I have said to people in the past, like, is it me or just does it always seem to be this like theme happening of complaining or, you know, frustration, whatever. Um, I had changed the language and how I, well, first I pulled back, right? Pulled back from my friends, started to pay attention to how I was talking, what I was talking about, um, and whom I was talking with. And just was starting to be aware of it. And I recognized that like some people didn't really reach out and weren't like, hey, how's it going? Are you good? Are things, are things good? You know, um, what are the good things that are happening? And I've shared with you before that like my clients, when they come in, they know that that is what I'm going to ask. That's the first question I ask is what is good? And uh, I do that very intentionally to get them to start to focus on the things that are going well. Now that's not to say that things are always going well and most people, like I said, have come into my office when things are a struggle or challenging. Um, but I do recognize that when I had pulled back from my friends and the things that I was talking about in happy hour or whenever I was meeting with them, uh, it's, it made me be aware of what I was saying and, and what the intention was in, in having those interactions. Um, I think I've shared before, like when my daughter was younger and there were a lot of struggles, I was really focused on the struggles and I had learned to change the narrative so that I was looking for the things that were positive in those interactions. This was when she was like a teenager, like 12, uh, 12 to maybe 15. And so that really did help to shift my focus. And this was long before I was a therapist. Uh, I was maybe in graduate school at the time. I do uh, work every day to focus on the things that are positive, or at least from a more balanced perspective, because it does help to change the focus or the view of what is happening. And so um, another quick story, I had a friend that I had grown up with, like, you know, my whole childhood, whatever, um, reconnected with them as an adult and there was some significant things that were happening in their life. Um, and I was present for it and then I pulled way back and I've done this with a couple different friends at the time. Um, and throughout time, because sometimes people want that, uh, witness to whatever negative thing is happening. 
Um, it was when I was just starting to be really clear about my boundaries and recognize that like, I, I can't take on more than my own stuff, right? And so if it's, I can be present with someone to help them should they choose to ask for help, um, but it, I just don't wanna be witness to the shit show, um, whatever is happening. And uh, I also had some, some significant feelings about what was happening because it was a theme and, and a, a thing that kept happening over time. And I did recognize that like, that's not something I can participate in. And that people have feelings about that, which I totally understand. Um, but I do recognize that an all-weather friend or someone who is, is in your life, both for the drama or the challenges or the, the misery or the hardship, it's helpful when they're also there to celebrate you, to support you, to, to be present in the things that are good. And, you know, recognizing that are in the seasons of a life, lots of things can change and do fluctuate over time. Um, when our codependency shows up and, you know, we want to be present and do extra things to have people be supported, sometimes it distracts us from what is actually going on in our own lives. And, um, you know, I, I have had really great friends throughout my life in different seasons and some, you know, I've had for my whole adulthood. Um, one friend in particular I have had since like elementary school, which is interesting. Um, and then I have a, a close cousin who is also one of my best friends. Um, and what I know to be true to, to create consistency and longevity in a friendship, uh, there are ebbs and flows in the level of commitment and support. Um, but I do recognize that Sometimes we pay attention to uh, the challenging things or the negative things uh, more consistently. Um, and I think about, you know, the friendships that I don't have anymore. And I do talk with clients often because having friendships as an adult is super challenging. Um, we get, you know, kind of caught up with our relationships. We get caught up with work. If some of us are, you know, returning to school, that's a thing. We get caught up with our children when we start to make people and that becomes the focus, right? And uh, a lot of times we lose touch or connection with those friendships because they're also dealing with, you know, they're different things. They're starting new jobs. They're moving, you know, to different places. Um, it is challenging to maintain and and really invest in friendships when all of these other things are happening. Um, and so when we get together, you know, that once a month when we have dinner or, you know, once every couple of weeks when we, you know, get together and, and have happy hour or whatever it is, we try to put all of the information in of all the things that have been happening. And when we are in different seasons, right, because I, uh, I was a mom young. And so a lot of my friends are maybe a decade younger than me. And so they're just getting started with their families. Um, we don't have the same level of like understanding or we're not going through the same things. Uh, and so it's one of those things to, to pay attention to what kinds of um, conversations you're having and what does the level of support look like? Uh, you know, I, like I said, I've had really great friends throughout my life in different seasons. Um, when my daughter was younger, I had two really good uh, support people who, you know, would watch her when I would go out or uh, that would 
you know, hang out and, and really were formative in her life. And they're, you know, friends with her now and, and formative in her life as an adult, which I find really um, amazing. And I'm grateful for that they are able to support her in the way that they supported me. Um, now, back to that idea of like, people who are there for like the challenges, the, the misery, the hard things, the drama, and then people who are there who support you consistently over time. I have shared on the podcast uh, previously that I have this group of girlfriends uh, that have been, they've been friends uh, since elementary school. And I know a couple of them that I've known them since childhood. And, um, you know, we get together, we celebrate, um, you know, birthdays and, uh, graduations and and all the things and I love that girl group because one their cohesion is amazing and I can just drop in and you know it's like we we haven't seen each other in years but it's amazing to be able to have that level of connection um, and I have you know relationships with them individually but the group is really kind of awesome and uh, I, I talked about them on, on one of the early podcasts in terms of just being able to have uh, this group of, of women that have supported each other through lots of different things, through loss, through uh, births, through, um, you know, jobs and, and relationships. And, and that level of uh, cohesion and support is really incredible and rare in, uh, you know, in long-term friendships. Then there are other people who don't, you know, have a, a lot of friends in terms of big groups. Uh, but they have like one or two support people that have been in their experience uh, through a lot of things. And so when we think about an all-weather friend, what I'd like to consider is who's going to be there for all of the different parts, right? Um, if you're just there for the drama, so we talk about like water cooler friends at work where, you know, you're talking about like what show you watched or what, who won the football game or, um, you know, what is happening in the office, there's a lot of people that will focus on the negativity. And so I want you to start to pay attention to what kinds of interactions you're having and then how it feels uh, when you have the interaction and after. And and sometimes even before, right, as we see somebody coming down the hall and there's like, oh, they're always complaining or oh, they're coming with, you know, whatever thing they're dealing with that is negative, sometimes we want to be avoidant of those interactions and those relationships. Um, paying attention to how it feels while we're having the conversation, um, paying attention to how you are interacting, right? What you are saying and how you feel about the quality of interaction and then feeling how you feel after. Really recognizing like, I know for myself when I pulled back from all of my friends, part of that was to really in, to pay attention to what was going on with me. What am I talking about? What is the quality that I am bringing to these interactions? Uh, and what I recognized was I was talking a lot about things that I was speaking about things that were not working in my life at the time. And I felt like I was just bringing a lot of drama and that didn't feel good to me. And so I, you know, thought about what it might feel like to the people that I was sharing that information with. Um, there is a, a meme on like TikTok or Instagram talking about pay attention to who you vent with because vents go into other rooms. Um, people will get a perception of 
you and it's none of your business what other people think, but start to pay attention to how you are thinking about your reactions, your relationships, uh, the dynamics that you are having and, and what it feels like after you share all of those things. Do you feel supported? Do you feel seen? Do you feel heard? Do you feel validated? Uh, and oftentimes if you don't, that's something to pay attention to. Who are you sharing your thoughts with? Uh, when we talked about the, the different boundaries, the thought boundary uh, and the emotional boundary come to mind in terms of who, what, when, how much um, that you're sharing and are you then feeling, uh, you know, cared for and seen um, all of your parts at the same time. It's, it's something to consider that, you know, if you only, if you show up in certain spaces and have to curate who you are in those spaces is that safe space. Um, if you can show up in your rawest, messiest form and have people see you and then also show up in your best and people are also, you know, supportive and, and um, validating, those are things to pay attention to. As, you know, people who are codependent and have curated certain versions of ourselves in certain spaces, and we all do it, like that's totally normal, uh, you know, because you can't behave like a psycho and be all wow, wild and crazy at work, right? It's probably not the best. Um, but you also can't show up super stoic and, you know, buttoned up when you're trying to have, you know, vulnerable connections with the people closest to you. Uh, and so recognizing like how you're showing up in all the spaces. It has taken me years to be able to fully be myself in all spaces that I inhabit. Um, I do own a filter. I probably use it here more than I use it in other places. <laughs> Hard to imagine. Um, but recognizing that like you're being perceived, yes, but also are you being your most genuine, authentic self? Understanding that there are several facets to who we are and especially with our friendships those are the people that you know it would be helpful if you could be your most raw vulnerable self while also feeling supported seen heard validated and you know connections um thinking about your romantic partners and and people that you share a lot of time and space with can you be emotionally and intellectually vulnerable in those spaces? I think about, you know, people who say I married my best friend, which I love. I think that's fantastic um, to be able to have someone that you feel most vulnerable and connected with uh, consistently through lots of seasons and lots of circumstances. Um, this idea that we can be our most authentic self across the board is kind of the, the pinnacle, the, the gold standard, recognizing that we can't show all of ourselves all the time. That can be exhausting, um, but we can very much be our most authentic consistently with the people that, you know, we get that reciprocity of vulnerability with water. thinking about the people who just show up for the drama or are really just kind of 
super invested in, you know, your uh, stories of whatever, um, that, that doesn't always, you know, lead to vulnerability on the other person's behalf. Sometimes people are just there for yours and don't talk about their own. And I will tell you that there have been times, especially as an anxious and avoidant attacher, where I won't talk about myself. I intentionally go into situations and don't share what's going on with me. And like I said, when I pulled back from my friends, when I pulled back to pay attention to how I was feeling, what I was talking about, what the focus of the friendship was, um, there were a lot of people that dropped off, which I found interesting. Um, you know, I, I have had friends in my life and I think about, <laughs> I think about friends and people in terms of intimate connections, uh, you know, the people that will show up with tequila, champagne and a shovel and those people that you can call at any point and they won't ask any questions and they will just help you do whatever you need to do. Um, and that, you know, there have been times in significant grief and significant changes and significant challenges where people will show up and they don't ask anything of you. They just are there to be supportive, which is awesome. There are also people who will show up because you do things really well and that you care for them, they don't show up in the same way. Having conversations and being vulnerable, sharing your intimate self through really hard things, that's very different than someone who shows up just for the drama, right? And paying attention to who's always in drama. Uh, I was thinking, um, so I'm staying with a friend right now who has teenage girls, uh, 17 and 19. And, you know, if you've ever spent any time with a 17-year or 19-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old, there is drama constantly, right? And there's always something going on and it's, it's, it's wrought with like deep emotional um, turmoil often, right? Um, because of hormones, because of relationships, because you're discovering your identity, because of all of those things. And people that can be exhausting, right? When you have teenage energy, like it's just, it's kinetic. It's like constantly moving and constantly evolving. And there's a lot of it. Um, but it was reminding me of, you know, high school and, um, there was a lot going on for me in high school, regular, regular, like high school things. And then also, you know, losing my dad and eating disorders and body dysmorphia and, you know, relationships and all the things. Um, I hated high school. It was not fun for me uh, for all of those reasons and just trying to figure out who I was and, and, you know, the things that were happening, high school things just did not match for me. Like I did not enjoy any of them. I did not enjoy going to parties. I did not enjoy formal dances. I did not enjoy, uh, I went to a couple of football games, but it was just not my thing. Um, yeah, it just, it wasn't fun. I think I was in a, um, a couple productions, like theater productions, and that was kind of fun. Uh, but for the most part, not a good time. And I, I found it interesting as an adult, you know, when Facebook started to be a thing and people were connecting and they were, you know, friending, friend requesting and all the things. And I was just like, I don't want that. <laughs> and I will tell you that some of my best friends are people that I met in high school, but 
that like maybe a handful of people. Um, and the rest, I, I mean, it's fine. Every once in a while, I did go to the reunions. That was interesting, uh, but not not the highlight of my life. Um, and I do find it curious, right? As I again observe people in that age range and how intense it feels, how much it is all about the the connections and and obviously people are sharing sharing spaces and time. I do I did have a really you know pretty significant support group, which I'm grateful for uh, at that time. And friendships are, are difficult to maintain, you know, once you move away. And like I said, if you have kids, get married, uh, change jobs, move around, difficult to maintain them. And as we get older, it is more challenging to connect with people in a way that is meaningful or feels meaningful to get that level of support. Um, and I just, I'm, I, as a student of the human experience, I enjoy watching human beings do human things and look at how they are connecting and what is the quality of those connections. Um, and so when I, when I think about this idea of like fair weather friends or people who are just there for the drama or people who are very surfacey, you know, um, it's interesting to watch because what I do know is that the human experience has a lot of different aspects to it. Some are super deep and meaningful and some are very much on the surface, like let's go, you know, do activities together. We don't talk about a whole lot of things, um, you know, and then there are the people that are there supportive, supportively, consistently for all of the things, right? Not just the drama, not just the good times, but are going to show up tequila and a shovel like that's <laughs> or champagne and a shovel or no shovel and tequila and champagne um and if you don't drink that's totally fine they'll show up with tea and coffee which is also great um but paying attention to again how you feel before the interaction during the interaction and after consistently and it does change it changes over time people like I said, are going through lots of things. And so their their quality of investment changes over time. Um, but really paying attention to like what you're investing in and what you're getting back. Um, you know, when we talked about credit last time, the same is going to be true for the friendships and the people that you keep in your life. I'm very grateful for, uh, you know, the people who have shown up consistently. Um, and it's it's interesting to me too to recognize like how I show up in those spaces as I have evolved, grown, and changed. If you are paying attention to your healing and growing and your boundaries and who you're being um, vulnerable with, and if that is you know supported, seen, validated, and uh, respected, those are the relationships that you want to continue to invest in. If it's not rather than being like, oh, fuck that hoe, <laughs> all upset, recognize that it's just changed. It's just different. And it doesn't, doesn't mean that you are a bad person or they are a bad person. Nobody's a bad person in this scenario. But, you know, honor what it was and have gratitude for what it, you know, the time and space that you shared and then move forward. Um, Sometimes we get stuck in the grief. Sometimes we get stuck in the sadness. Sometimes we get stuck in the resentment of, oh, I gave all of this investment and I didn't get anything back. Well, that's not true. 
you got things back because you grew out of it. You know, we all do. We grow from the experiences that we have, both positive and negative, and what we're focused on and what we see is what will grow. Now, whether or not you have to adapt or change who you are to be in those spaces is going to be up to you. But the people who show up and see you consistently through all of the phases of your life, those are the real ones. Those are the ones you want to keep around. So that was where my head was today, or all week, really, as I was preparing for the podcast. Um, We still have workshops going on at Discovering Greatness. You can check out the website there. Um, You can check out my website for the events that I am hosting, uh, Luna-X2-LLC. I am still taking clients uh, as I work on reinstating my license, but also coaching clients specifically. Um, Thank you so much for all of the states that are listening. Uh, I'm really grateful to have my voice uh, share information and thoughts and all the things uh, kind of all over the country and the world. And that feels really good. Uh, Book is progressing along in terms of the publication process, which is exciting. Um, If you need to get a hold of me, if you want to get a hold of me, it's lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can reach me here on Instagram, on Facebook, Uh, follow the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Thank you again for listening. I'm going to end the video and then I'm going to end the podcast and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. All right. We have ended the video portion of LX2 Codependency Coaching. Thank you so much for listening. If you do have any suggestions for podcast topics, if you have any questions, again, lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can reach me on all the social media platforms and I will talk to you next week. Take care.